0: If you don't have Jesus, it doesn't matter what other religion you have, you're going to the same hell that the devil's going to. The Bible says that hell is prepared for the devil and his angels and all those, listen, and all those whose name is not written in the book of life. Somebody say, to hell with hell. That's what Jesus basically said, to hell with hell. I'm going to heaven with Jesus, Jesus defeated death. Jesus defeated hell. Jesus defeated the grave. We don't just say that here on Sundays. We say it Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. We don't just say it dressed up. We say it in our pajamas. Amen? We don't just say it when people like us. We say it when they don't like us. We say it in the public sphere, and I'll say it in my prayer closet. We're going to tell the whole entire world this is the gospel. People oftentimes like to point out the evils of Christianity. Well, those backslidden Christians will go to the same hell of the people that they were persecuting, but that two wrongs doesn't make a right. Just because Christians in the name of a supposed Christian, backslidden Christians, let me be clear, use the name of Christ to oppress, to enslave, to deceive, that doesn't mean that Jesus Christ didn't raise from the dead and his disciples didn't keep the scriptures. I don't care what the Roman Catholic Church did wrong. Are you listening to me? I'm not here for a pope. I'm here for Jesus Christ. I don't care what world religion in the name of Christ messed this thing up. I'm here for Jesus. Point me back to the founder. People say, well, I don't like Christianity. Point me back to Christ. Tell me what you don't like about him. Tell me what you don't like about the apostles and their teachings because this is what we're going to be judged by. I am not going to be judged by on what some church council said or what a pope said or what the Crusades did. Are you listening to me? We're going to be judged by the living word of God. That's what we stand for as Christians. We win in the end. We win in the end. Somebody say, we win in the end. We win. Christians know the end of this book. We know the end of the story that we win. We're on God's side. I'm not saying that I have it all put together or that I understand everything about this world, but I'm on God's side when he wraps this thing up. When we we get to understand everything, I'm going to be on his side. Are you listening? When he explains every mystery, I'm going to be on whose side? Jesus' side. I'm going to be on his side when he comes back because as surely as he emptied that grave the first time when he visited us he is coming back on a horse to judge the world he is going to do that I know for some people they say that's on the same level of Marvel Marvel comic books listen to me the devil's still a liar he wants you to be confused by Marvel comic books because before there was all of this the bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God by him all things were made that have been made without him nothing was made that is made in him was life and that light that life was the light of all mankind and the bible says the light shines in darkness and the darkness has not overcome it the story of christianity is not a man becoming god it's our god becoming man that's the story of christianity so he can redeem us So every pagan myth came from Noah's folk after the flood trying to find another way to heaven. Everything you look at from every pagan culture is a cheap imitation of what was handed down from Adam and Eve down to Noah in the flood. And after that, the Tower of Babel, they were separated according to their own language that God cursed them with because they were trying to build a tower to reach him. And so every pagan culture, whether it's the pagan culture of the African continent or the European continent or the Asian continent or here in the American continent, it is all a lie in the name of Jesus. We have to serve the Jewish God through the Jewish Messiah. He is the Messiah yeshua that's who i serve i will bow my italian polish knees at the knee at the feet of a jewish man and proclaim him the god man it doesn't matter what culture we come from or what we've been taught by our moms and our dads and our friends and our family how many times have they been wrong to teach us that they're not perfect my mom said this to me and i should have known this was a bad day she said i'm gonna cut your hair That was the first thing. I should have known this is a bad day. Mom, you don't do this for a living. The next thing my mom said is if I cut you, I'll take you to the store and buy you something. Mom, my hairdresser has never said that to me before. And lo and behold, that day I got a bunch of toys because my mom cut my head, cut my ear. And then she said, I'm not torturing that poor child again. My mom's been wrong before. Are you listening? Your mom's been wrong before. Your dad's been wrong. My friends, if they're not teaching you that Jesus Christ is the resurrected Lord and Savior, it doesn't care whose mom or dad it is. Follow Jesus. Jesus said, unless you deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me, you can't be a disciple. He said, unless you turn your back on your mother, your father, your family, you cannot be a disciple. My Italian grandfather used to chew raw meat for fun. You think I should do that today? He would cut his own, he would kill and butcher his own cows, have meat and blood all over the place, sticking some in his mouth, tasting it as he's making it. Am I supposed to follow my grandpa and how he was? No, we're supposed to do what God tells us to do in wisdom. It doesn't matter who in your family worshiped the mother of Guadalupe. It doesn't matter if you were raised Hindu or Buddhist. It doesn't matter. What matters is what Jesus Christ said. He said it. That settles it. I believe it. Amen? It's settled before I believe it. It's true whether you or I ever believe it. Go up on top of this building and say, I don't believe in gravity and jump off and see what happens. Gravity still believes in you, baby gravity still got something to say i believe i can fly i don't believe in gravity see how that works for you well i don't believe what you christians say i don't it doesn't matter if you believe it or not You could cut us up in a million pieces. You could do what all the other cultures have done to us. But the word of God will remain the same. The Bible says the glories of men are but the grass of the field. And all that they do is like a flower that's here today and gone tomorrow. Life is like a vapor. This is what remains. The truth is in God. And I thank God that the gospel has reached me. I thank God that this gospel has reached my people. And now we're without excuse. Now my people are held accountable to this. You're being held accountable to this, to the truth of the story of Jesus. May it never get old to us. Somebody say, preach it. Amen. Amen. I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best on this Easter Sunday. Now you know why I don't like dressing up in suits. It's, It's not suitable to a preacher like me. These old timers used to do it and sweat through three-piece suits. Amen. I'll just save the time and come in shorts and a a T-shirt. Why have to sweat through it all? Amen. I'm not here to impress you, but I did want to dress up today. Wife wants to take some pictures. How many go going to take some pictures today? Maybe get some with your family. Praise God. Look at this. 1 Corinthians 15. Paul is recounting the gospel. We know Paul is a great apostle, but the gospel proceeds Paul. This is not Paul's story. This is not Paul's invention. That's what I love to say to folks. This is not my story. When we're out preaching the gospel, I'm not handing you a track of Joe's life story. Learn about Joe today in the biography of a man, the myth, the legend. We're not preaching about ourselves, are we? We preach Christ. Even Paul, the great apostle, said, this is not about me. This is not about my wisdom. This is not about a story that I concocted together, you know, like Harry uh, Harry Potter, you know, some type of fictional story trying to make money off of. I talk to the atheists all the time that say the disciples made this up. What did they get out of a made-up story? Number one, they were Jews. They were already oppressed by the Roman people. What do they gain now by making up a story about their Jewish Messiah who was killed by the Romans? Oh, well, he's raised from the dead. He's raised. What do they get out of that? Just themselves killed, talking stupid. What would possess Jewish people to all of a sudden play make-believe with the Roman Empire, the very ones who killed their Messiah? For now, them to say, well, I think he raised from the dead, and I'm going to follow him. Atheists try to say this was group hallucination. I don't know what drugs you have done, but I have never had the same hallucination as my friend. What are you on? I mean, that's not even counting if you're saying they're sober. But how do we have all the same hallucination? I'm not proud of my drug use, but I'll tell you what. When I was high on drugs, I'm talking to the cat, and the other one's flying an airplane to to space. How are you saying 500 of them had a group hallucination? They all just thought Jesus and hallucinated. Stupid is as stupid does. The greatest minds have put their work into this gospel to try to disprove it, and most of the time they come out believing it. You can read about Lee Strobel and others of our modern times who said after a service like this, well, I'm gonna go disprove that preacher. You know, he was a reporter at the Chicago Tribune. He said, I'm gonna go disprove this preacher that he heard about the resurrection. He said he, he thought he could do it in a weekend. You know, he didn't have YouTube back then, but he probably thought to himself, I could watch a Zeitgeist, a History Channel documentary, and I'll just debunk this Jesus resurrecting thing. A few years later, he converted and came to Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. You better watch out when you try to disprove this. And by the way, we say give it your best shot. We're not afraid of any of that here. Facts are our friends. You're the ones following, you're the one following Oompa Loompas if you disbelieve this, thinking they all had a group hallucination. What motivation would a Jewish, what, what, what motivation would a Jewish fisherman have to make up some Star Wars type nonsense and get himself crucified upside down if he didn't, in fact, talking about Peter? See, Jesus. Come on, somebody. Now, I know you say, well, there's a lot of prophets out there who have claimed a lot of crazy things. Yes, there are crazy things out there that people have claimed. But none of them, none of them said they saw their founder raised from the dead and ascend to heaven. There are none of the companions of Muhammad that said, oh, yeah, we saw him then ascend to heaven. We touched him after he got poisoned by a Jewish woman, and we saw that he was alive. This is the story of the Christian faith. So it's not our one good guy against your good guy. You know, who's a better brave heart? You know, who's a better martyr for the cause? This is not that kind of battle. There is no competition between our Jesus and the stories of other religions. Our Jesus didn't just come down and give us fortune cookies. Yes, it's good to love your neighbor as yourself. But if you can't defeat the grave, it doesn't matter how much you love yourself. You still love your neighbor as yourself. You're still dying and turning to dust. How many know Mother Teresa turned to dust? How many know every great person that's ever been nice to somebody has turned to dust? Jesus said, I put everything I say on this. Crucify or destroy this body, and in three days I will rise it up again. Jesus said, I put it all on that. He didn't put it all on the goosebumps that you have. You see all these cults, you know, they all want to have a Jesus-esque look, you know. Start off with somebody that's long-haired and hippie, tell all these nice things, and then before you know it, you're getting your rear end branded by them having sex parties and getting drugged up and left somewhere on a commune. Are you listening? Jesus didn't say, I'm going to give you fuzzy wuzzies and we're all going to live on a commune. Jesus said that the Son of Man will be lifted up, and when he be lifted up, he will draw all people to himself. He said, God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He said, I am the good shepherd, the shepherd of Psalm 23, the Yahweh, who is David's shepherd. He said, I am the good shepherd and I lay down my life for the sheep. He said, everybody who came before me is a thief and a robber. That includes Buddha. That includes Zoroastrianism. That includes all the prophets and all the poets of the Greek religions. He said, they are all thieves and robbers. He says, I lay down my life for the sheep. And I'm not only the shepherd, I'm also the gate to get in and out. He said, I'm all that and then some in a bag of hot chips. Can I get an amen if you like your hot chips with some cheese on it like my daughters? He's all that and then some. He's all that and then some. Are you listening to me? Jesus is who he said he is, and that's changed my life. I'm glad that I get to testify to it. But remember, it would be true if it never changed my life. It would be true if it never changed your life. It's a fact. But I thank God that when we ascend to this fact, when we believe this fact, that there is also life transformation. It's, it's not just us going around going, hey, did you believe in a guy? Uh, do you believe in a person named Abraham Lincoln? Then we get everybody to believe in it. Okay, good, let's go to the next one. We're just trying to convince you of a mental fact of history. No, I'm so glad that it's more than that. When you believe in Jesus Christ, there is transformation of life. There are no other amount of stories on this planet that have come from any other religion other than Jesus Christ. Even in this place right here, former homosexuals, lesbians, gangbangers, those that used to cut mutilate themselves... Others who were goody-two-shoes but were alone in their heart on the, the, the treadmill of good works but weren't good enough. And we've all been set free by the power of believing in the gospel. Because in the gospel is the power of salvation for the Jew first and then for the Gentile. I thank God that there's a life transformation in this church today because the gospel is here. The gospel is being preached. I thank God today that we have an answer to what ails our society, and it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the gospel. I know that we want to add a lot of things to the gospel. We want to paint up the gospel, make it prettier so it will be more easily accepted. But the raw gospel all by itself will solve the problem. Are you listening? If I gave you the cure of COVID, would you want to water it down? If I gave you the cure of AIDS, would you want to water it down and put some food coloring in it? I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is the cure to humanity's problems. How many believe in? Amen. He says, now, brothers and sisters, Paul speaking, 1 Corinthians 15, 1. He says, now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you. How many are glad to be reminded today? I want to remind you of the gospel I preach to you, which you received, on which you have taken your stand. How many are standing on the gospel today? On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I am not standing on men's wisdom. I'm standing on the wisdom of, those, of the one who created mankind, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. i'm standing on the good news the gospel of jesus christ by this gospel you are saved will you say that with me together one two three by this gospel you are saved if somebody say if thank you if you hold firmly to the word i preach to you otherwise you have believed in vain (sighs) who's a big boy who's a big boy want to take on their pastor Let's get Josh up here. Come on, somebody. Now, I'm going to have you start easy with me, okay? Somebody say, hold on. Somebody say, hold on to the gospel. You ready, big boy? (laughs) He's going to whip me everywhere. We're going to start slow. Say, slow with me. Hold this rag right here. Just hold it. No. He's going to play the bad guy. I'm going to play the good guy. The Bible says, hold on to the gospel. You better go easy on me at first. There you go. Just try to pull it out of my hand. Pull it. There you go. Now give it all you got. If this thing don't rip or I go flying, you didn't try. Somebody say, hold on. You ain't taking it out of my hand. See been, Thank you, my brother. Let's give it up for Josh. Two big boys up here. We'll tear this thing before we let go of it. You ain't taking the gospel out of my hand. I'm holding on to it. I'm holding on to the gospel. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm holding on to it. I can't even say you're going to take it out of my cold, dead hands because I'm bringing it with my Holy Ghost-filled heart to heaven. Hold on to the gospel. The world is going to try to pull it out of your hands. The world is going to try to say Jesus was just a man. He had sexual relations with Mary and Martha. Call it the Da Vinci Code. They're going to try to tell you that there's many ways. There's not just one way. Hold on to the gospel. Hold on to the word of God. They'll try to tell you that the morals of the Bible are antiquated. They're no longer relevant. Hold on to scripture. Hold on to what Jesus taught. The word of God is in drought right now. People don't hear it. They don't know it. They think that they understand it because they took three Sunday school classes. It's our job now to teach it to others. I'm so glad that Paul said to them, remember this. Remember this gospel. Take your stand on this gospel. By this gospel, you're saved. My friends, I mean, let's just think about it. All of this world and all of its riches, all of the people and all of their notoriety are going to pass away. You've got to stand for something that lasts longer than the world that you're in. I love it. As one preacher said, you need hope beyond the scope of your human limitation. We can't see what's beyond the veil. But I thank God that someone came from there to tell us what it's all about and then said he would go back there to prepare a place for you and me. He said, don't be afraid. Take courage in this world. You will have trouble. But I have overcome the world. He said, where I am, that's where you're going. You're coming with me, and I'm preparing a place for you. Long before Arnold Schwarzenegger ever said it, what did Jesus say? I'll be back. That's what Jesus said. Jesus is not leaving us here busted and disgusted. Jesus gave us the gospel to go give it to the nations. Where the gospel goes, a man will love his wife as Christ loves the church and a wife will submit unto her husband as the church submits to Christ. Marriages will be built up. Children will be taught to honor their father and their mother and their lives will go well with them and they'll be blessed. Where the gospel goes, societies begin to change. Prostitutes are delivered. Drug dealers are changed. People who are confused get the knowledge of Jesus Christ. People who are high school dropouts go back to school, get doctorates. People who are on drugs get set free those who used to have sex with many girls get married 15 years and have six kids that's your preacher today because that's what jesus does when the gospel reaches people it changes lives it changes cultures it changes society well that's not what harvard says well that's not what princeton says princeton harvard and yale were all started as bible colleges They came from us. The scientific method was discovered and implemented by Christians. Their model was thinking the thoughts after God. We never made nothing in a scientific laboratory that we didn't discover first from the mind of God. All we're doing is reverse engineering what God put in place from the foundation of the earth. And then the gospel comes to these people at that time, I know, I know you might think like I do. Why didn't the gospel come to me that way? Oh, I wish that it would have. You know what? I don't know how bad you want to wish for it because you might have been one of the ones crucifying him. <laughs> Hello? We've all been deceived in one way or another. I know oftentimes we wish we would have been there. Maybe we would have did this. Maybe we would have did that. But the Bible says that he has appointed our times in human history. And so you're alive now. What are you doing with the gospel? You're alive now. What are you standing on? The gospel or something else? Somebody say, help us, Lord. Amen. Here it is, the gospel. It's not Paul's invention. He's going to, re- he's going to recite that which he received. He says, for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. Somebody say first importance. We need to remember the first importance of the gospel. They may not be keeping their words, but even in our nation, they still have to swear upon the book that has the gospel. Are you listening? They may get up in that Congress and do a bunch of crazy things, but they first have to have a chaplain that believes somewhat in this gospel. I pray that we as a nation come back to God and understand this is first importance. If our nation isn't under God, it doesn't matter what we do in this nation. We're in trouble. If we don't trust in God, it doesn't matter how many dollar bills we trust in, we're in trouble. Somebody say, of first importance, teach your children to pray in the morning before they go to a school that has lost its, ever God, its God-given mind. Our schools have lost their mind. They don't let them pray, but now they want them to do Buddhist chants. What have we gotten ourselves into? They want to have transgender reading hours in the library, but I can't do Bible preaching hour. What have we become? Of first importance. It's first importance when you're building a rocket ship to go to space. You better pray before you get on that rocket ship. You better pray before you go to school. If you're a construction worker, you better pray before you hold that hammer. You don't know when your last time is on this earth. Can I hear an amen? I just heard about, you know, you can hear these stories all the time, but sometimes they're just freakishly silly and funny at the same time. A YouTube star was driving their car, and a tree got knocked down, crushed them right there in the car, and now their life is over. How much more random could life be than that right there? You would have no, I mean, it almost sounds silly. You're going to get hit by a tree. It's going to crush you and crush the car. But that happened to somebody. There's people who have been waiting for the bus and have been plowed over by the bus they were waiting for. Boom, boom, boom. What was that, bus driver? I don't know, but I'm going to keep driving. I know you're not laughing. Death is not funny, but are you listening? It's almost freakishly funny. If you think about it, people getting hit by falling trees, people getting run over by buses, and yet we still think we have tomorrow to make a decision to do something. Tomorrow only belongs in the fool's calendar. How dare we think we're owed another breath, another life, another day. My friends, you and I are owed nothing. We better take this gospel of first importance. Can I hear an amen? He said, what I received, I passed on to you as first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the what? The scriptures. Thank you. And that he appeared to Cephas, also known as Peter, and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living. Paul's saying, you can go talk to them. This is not make-believe, though some have fallen asleep, another word for death. Then he appeared to James Then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. How many of you here are abnormally born? Some of you just weird. Can I hear an amen? Paul had no problem admitting he's weird. He said that, though, because he was the last one on the totem pole, and he didn't feel like he was that important, but God thought he was enough valuable to the kingdom that he showed himself to him. Why does he put James there? Because that's not the brother of John, one of the 12. That's Jesus' half-brother. He even appeared to his half-brother. You know if you worship one of your siblings now as God, you have discovered something. That would not come naturally for you to worship your sibling. Are you listening? That's what Paul is saying, is that even one of his siblings fall down and worship him now. You read about these cults, all the family members tell on them, no, they're stupid, they're crazy, I deny these people, you know, because they know the real truth about them. Here, Peter, uh, Paul is saying, man, James worships him. And James wrote the epistle of James. He said, then he appeared to me. Man, let's not forget that the Bible is a multiplicity of books. Sometimes people say, you know, that the Bible is just make-believe and they're all just doing confirmation bias, confirming each other. That's a devil's lie. That's not even a fact. The fact is the New Testament is 27 books compiled into one. Some of these folks never even met each other, and yet they're telling the stories about Jesus from different times and locations, and they are lining up with the Bible. That's why we combine them together and say, here's a story. Paul is telling his story. And remember, Paul met Jesus before he ever met any of the major disciples. He was killing the disciples at one point, but he had never met any of their leaders. But he meets Jesus. And then he searched the scriptures to see, even if the Jesus he met is the real Jesus, because he was instructed under Moses, you better not listen to any angel coming with some nonsense. Even if it's an angel, don't listen to it. And don't even believe a prophet. they can change the weather or do crazy stuff if they come with another doctrine so even Paul checked the Jesus he said he met on the road to Damascus he went and checked him by the scriptures and then after it was confirmed what he saw in the scriptures that pointed to Jesus doing all that he was going to do he met the other disciples and then they compare notes and they say you got the same message we do The testimony of Paul is a thorn in the side of every New Testament critic that thinks that the disciples were making something up. Why would a Jewish man named Paul with prestige in his own culture switch from being a persecutor of Christians to now being a martyr himself and preaching the same message even before he met the disciples to have the message confirmed? It's because what he received was confirmed by the Scriptures. The Old Testament set the stage for Jesus. You hear about the Chosen One in all these different movies. They're copying off of us. It's not Eddie Murphy. It's not Luke Skywalker. It's Jesus Christ. He's the Chosen One that has over 300 prophecies, some dating back to the fall of mankind over 6,000 years ago or 4,000 from his birth. Jesus Christ is not someone just making it up as he goes along from the place he's born in Bethlehem to the ones that recognize him the kings, the magi to the things that he did upon the earth even to the point of how he was pierced in his death and people gambled for his clothes those were prophecies hundreds of years before he ever was born let alone the time period by Daniel, 430 years after Daniel received his prophecy and before the temple would be destroyed he was promised by God the Messiah would come Now we speak to our Jewish friends, and we say, how do you get around that? Your temple has been destroyed. 430 years passed from Daniel, and if Jesus is not the Messiah, let me tell you something, baby, he ain't coming. Because that's what your God said he would do. He would come 430 years after this time and before the destruction of that temple. Because when that second temple was built, it couldn't compare to Solomon's first temple. And all those who had known the first temple wept and cried and saw how pitiful it looked. But then God made a promise. He said the glory of this temple is going to be greater than the glory of that temple. What is the greater glory? He prophesied in Haggai. I myself will come to this temple. And we see in the book of john and other places jesus christ kept his word came and stepped foot in that temple and brought the greater glory and as they were pouring out water at the feast of booths, he said if anyone is thirsty let them come unto me and drink fulfilling the prophecy of isaiah that said he would spring forth waterways and rivers in the wilderness streams in the desert yahweh came to his temple yahweh the son are you listening Paul said, I received it and I pass it on to you and now I want everyone to be reminded of it. He said, for I'm the least, Paul's still speaking, of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle. How many of these people now say, I'm a apostle, prophet, and all this, you know, shucking and jiving. Yet the real apostle said, listen, that's not what I'm about. I'm a child of God. I'm a servant of God. I'm not known by my title. I'm known by my tallow because Jesus, when he came, he didn't come for titles. He came to wash men's feet to be a servant of all. Right? Come on, somebody. He said, I, I'm not even worthy of this because I persecuted the church of God, verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Make that your model this year. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Be somebody great by the grace of God today. Amen? And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than them all. <laughs> Peter might be like arguing with that, but that's okay. This is not Peter's book. This is Paul's book. Peter's like, uh, Paul's like, man, I was messed up. I was abnormally born. I was even messing with the church. I was, you know, persecuting them. But once the grace of God came on me, that's what he said. He said, I started working and I started out running them and I started out putting in the gospel work. I started out preaching them. He's like saying to Peter, come on, catch up Peter. Come on, come on. And I'm just wondering, is there anybody here today that wants to put in some gospel work? I didn't say, does anybody want to twerk? I said, does anybody want to put in gospel work, work it you better work harder than everybody out there I want to be the hardest working pastor in this city for the glory of God by God's grace over 20 bucks let's make 50 bucks before I get to 50, amen come on somebody, I don't want to just preach on Sundays I want to go out preaching with the team on Tuesdays with the gospel truck let's put in work, let's change the world for God in Jesus name He said, but it wasn't me that made me work harder than all of them. Not yet, not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Somebody say, the grace of God is with me. Whether then it is I or they. He humbles himself here now. uh, Not that he was prideful before, but he goes back to that point of showing the humility. He says, whether then it is I or they. This is what we preach And this is what you believed. How many believe this today? Vinny, would you come, please? How many are excited about the gospel? Amen. Here's some reference in your notes because he said Jesus died according to the scriptures. When you have time, read Isaiah chapter 53 or Psalm chapter 22, 16, and 18. I love reading these passages when I do debates with folks and they don't believe in prophecy. I say read Isaiah 53 because most people don't know if it's Old Testament or New Testament. I say read it, and I'll have them read it with me on the streets. And I ask them, when do you think that happened, before or after Jesus died? And they say, oh, that must have been written afterwards. That's a poem about Jesus. I said that was written 600 years before Jesus was even born. That he would be forsaken. That he would be taking on the sins of his people. That he would be numbered with transgressors. Come on, somebody. Psalm chapter 22 talks about him being pierced. He could have died any kind of way. He could have been beheaded. Paul was beheaded. That was a popular way as well. But it says he was pierced but yet none of his bones were crushed. Think about that, saints. The Bible said that he would be pierced, he would die, but yet none of his bones would be crushed. That's the man being crucified right there. And the Bible says they would gamble for his clothes. Also, he was buried. The Bible talks about the burial of Jesus. Imagine this. Paul is writing during the time of the living witnesses, and they know the name of the person's tomb he was put in. Don't let anybody tell you, oh, this was just folklore. When you are making up folklore, you don't say, ask Cousin Flacco down the street and see if what I'm saying is true. They are literally preaching the gospel in the same place where he was crucified, and they're saying, go talk to Joseph of Arimathea. It's his grave. They name the guy, Joseph of Arimathea, not just any Joseph, the Joseph of that place. Go check with him. His grave's empty, but he let him borrow it. He was raised on the third day. There is a numerological, numerological, if I could say the word, numerology in the Bible, and it's numerological. Edit this part out of the sermon, please. (laughs) Some people get into numerology and they get a little bit too far, but there is numerology in the Bible. And if numerology is in the Bible and you find it, then that means it's numerological, okay? Every now and then that high school dropout comes comes back out. Pray for me, amen. If you want to find numerology in the Bible, look for the number three. And in Hosea it says, two days is going to be bad, but on the third day I'm coming to visit you. Prophesying about how long he would be there. Jonah in the belly of the well, three days, three nights. The Bible used that as an opportunity to teach us that there was something about the three And about that three, it wasn't just a coincidence that he rose on that third day. It was a promise that he was keeping through that number three. And the Bible says that it wouldn't just be him coming out of the grave. As sometimes people say, oh, maybe they didn't kill him because they didn't know he was dead. So they just tossed a dude that was half dead in there. My friends, if Jesus came out like a bloody old mummy from walking dead, are you worshiping him saying he's raised? You're going to be like, Jesus, you're pretty messed up right now. Uh, whatever you were teaching about before, we don't believe anymore, but we do want to patch you up right now. No, Jesus, when he rose up, rose up in glorified power. When they saw him, all that remained from what they could really see of the flesh before was the piercing in his hands and in his feet and in his side to remind them that he wasn't a ghost because they knew, uh, Jesus knew that that would become another false teaching that, oh, Jesus was just a ghost. Maybe there are spirits and the spirit of Jesus is just playing a trick on everybody. He's a bad Casper. But Jesus was wanting us to seal up every door of doubt. And so through that doubting Thomas, he shows us he is not merely the visitation of a spirit or phantom. He has raised from the dead from, his, uh, from the grave with his body. Can I hear an amen? And then he appeared to his disciples, our heroes, those who ended up laying down their lives for Jesus. None of them, listen to me, none of the disciples got power, prestige, wealth, from the, from the description that they preached of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. They actually got the opposite. They were tortured. They were hunted down. Their children were beheaded and set on fire and fed to wild beasts. And not one of them, listen, not one of them in all human history Denied or recanted the story of what they originally believed. And sometimes people go, well, that's because the church just threw all that stuff away. My friends, let me just tell you, we've found what is called the Dead Sea Scrolls in the 40s that predate the life of Jesus for the Old Testament. Don't you think somebody could have buried something that we would now find and have to admit, well, here's a document. It goes back to that time. Here's Peter saying it was all just a joke that we ended up getting killed for, my friends were dying for, and I don't want to, you know don't want to give it up now because I feel bad about it. No, there was never a person in all of Christian history to say, oh, I heard from Peter that was a lie. Oh, I heard from someone, so they were really making it up. No, as a matter of fact, like how Paul converted out of a tremendous experience he had, it kept going. More and more people were seeing visions of Jesus. Even to this day, I have a book called Mosque and Miracles. Mosque and Miracles, you can get it. And in the Islamic world, where it is the most uh, you know, hard to get the gospel through, people are seeing visions of the risen Lord and Savior Jesus. He's still appearing. Can I hear an amen? In closing today, I want to encourage us to hold on to that gospel. Don't let the world take it from you. It's powerful. It has transformed your lives. How many know it's more than religion? It's a relationship with Jesus. Altar workers, would you come quickly in closing? Thank you for coming today. But these altar workers at the end of this service will be here to pray with anyone who wants to start a relationship with Jesus. We've already done communion and we've you know extended that invitation during that time. But we also want to extend it during this time. As you heard at the beginning of this passage, some people can hear the gospel and not hold on. And then the Bible says they believe in vain. How many want to be those who believe in vain? I don't. Somebody say, I want to make it, Jesus. Come on, somebody say to the Lord, I want to make it. Look at this right here. How do you make it? You hold on. You don't give up because otherwise you're believing in vain. So if there's any people here today that are backsliders or maybe you're you, you know, you're half in, you're half out, don't do that. Because that would be a tragedy. You know the salvation message, and yet you will perish and go to hell. Don't do that. Jesus loves you, has a plan for your life. Receive the gospel, hold on to the gospel. And then, lastly, no matter what, remember this Jesus is the Savior of your soul. He did that. Why? He did that to save souls. I don't know about you, but oftentimes I get anguish of the soul. Hearing all that goes on in the world. And sometimes I believe, you know, this man named Jesus did it. Theologically, I believe it. I'm not a backslider. Like, I haven't gone out and committed some some sin and let go of it. But in my heart, I can become lukewarm to it. And then in life's troubles, I feel I'm far away from my Savior. Let me encourage you today on Easter. Jesus came down to be with you. Jesus suffered and bled to forgive you. He rose to rise you. Remember, at the end of the story, where does Jesus end back up at? He's in heaven again, right? He came from heaven, goes to earth, buried, right? He goes back. So was this really just for him? No, because he already had heaven, and he's back in heaven. It was for us to the glory of God the Father. He doesn't want us to be separated from him. He doesn't want us to have the penalty of sin. So even if you're believing this and you're saying, Pastor, I, I'm, I'm there with you, and I'm not really committing what the Bible calls sins, but at times I feel alone, at times I feel anguish, at times I feel discouraged. Remember this message because it shouldn't get old to us and when it does it's because we're letting the problems of this world become bigger than the knowledge of our God. And so I just want to encourage you in my times of anguish. Even like last night, you know, I got woke up in the middle of the night, you know, prayed a little bit and went back to bed. But even in those times of startling, I'll go to a scripture in my mind and I'll just start to recite it and begin to believe that that's not only true For someone out there or some time back in history. But this message is true to transform my life. And I believe that's how God wanted it to be. And some of you wear a cross to remind you that's fine. But you don't have to. But have the cross in your heart. Some of you always got to have the worship music on because of that. But even if there's not worship on, you can have a worship song in your heart. Some of you may go on your job and you feel like you're all alone and that no one gets this message. You shouted and you said amen, but tomorrow it seems like it all goes away. Don't let the world take this out of your heart. It's the hope that we have. It's what makes us who we are. It's what transforms our lives. And so if you want to do that today, make sure you receive prayer as well if you need encouragement. So as we get ready to dismiss, if you've never met the Lord, come talk to one of our brothers and sisters. Start that relationship with God. Number two, if you're not where you're supposed to be and you just want to get it right today, they're here to help as well. And if you're discouraged and you feel like, man, I'm doing everything right. I'm even believing this right. But it's hard to sense his love in my heart, his power, his encouragement. Let us pray for you. Can I hear an amen to all that? Let's stand up. Give it up for Jesus today. Man, would you come, please? We'll dismiss in prayer and worship. And those who would like to come forward can. Otherwise, we pray you enjoy your day. Let's pray in closing. Father, we thank you for this wonderful Resurrection Sunday. You are alive and you are living inside of us. May we never forget the gospel, your good news. May we hold it firmly and share it with the world. And anyone here that needs prayer or encouragement, may they come and not leave the same way that they walked in here. And in Jesus' name we pray, our Lord and Savior. And everybody said, amen. Can you bless them?